welcome to this week's episode of the Life Profitability Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Pinar. Every week on this podcast, I have a conversation with a fascinating guest, whether they're an entrepreneur, artist, musician, author, poet, or artisan, to learn more about how they live a life that is uniquely profitable. Today's guest is Paddy Donnelly, former web and app designer, now turned children's book illustrator, which in his own words, makes his five-year-old self very happy. In the past, he has mostly illustrated other people's books, but a story of his, which he wrote and illustrated, just got published. I got to know Paddy years ago, whilst we were both working in the greater web design circles, and I've been fascinated by his journey in becoming a children's book illustrator. Every time he has shared a time-lapse video of how he draws something new, I have been drawn in, excuse the pun, and found myself more curious about the journey he has taken. We spoke about how he has always pursued diversity in his work, how he has been open to new opportunities, and how he has made changes in the work he does whenever that work becomes the same from project to project or day to day. I loved seeing Paddy's face light up as he described the joy he gets from observing how a child reacts to something he's drawn and how his work today links back to his passion as a young kid when he was always drawing and making up stories. I also think we got into the best bit of the conversation right at the end when we discussed legacy and how ephemeral most digital things are. I won't give away too much, but do stay tuned until the end. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Paddy Donnelly. Hey, Paddy. Thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while since you and I spoke. And um, if that wasn't the case, then I would have probably introduced you properly. But if Paddy walks into, let's say, if Paddy walks into a bar today to kind of, you know, just uh, keep things stereotypical here, how does Paddy introduce himself today? Wow. If I was walking into a bar, uh, that I would introduce myself probably a lot different. But to talk about my career background, yeah, short history. I studied um, interactive multimedia design back in Belfast, and I graduated that in 2007. And after that, I did a master's in multidisciplinary design. So that was a, a year and a half. So in 2009, I uh, graduated that. And I moved to Belgium in 2009, straight afterwards. And I've been yeah in Belgium ever since. I first worked for a design agency. So as a web designer and app designer, we worked on mobile apps and, and websites and games and lots of different things. I worked there for three years, just over three years. And I made a switch then in 2012 and went freelance and wanted to do a lot more illustration work or yeah, I wanted to do more creative work that wasn't kind of web design. So I went in a different direction. And so since then I've been freelancing and worked as an illustrator and UX designer um, for a number of years. But most recently, I've come into um, children's publishing, so illustrating children's picture books um, So the, for the last couple of years. So I've kind of jumped around from, from lots of different you know, creative jobs. Um, but I suppose at the minute, I would describe myself as yeah, a picture book illustrator. Yeah, that's kind of what, where I'm at right now. But yeah, I've changed over the years a few times, yeah. 
so many of those kind of transitions are things that I would love to kind of you know, dig into. And especially because, mm -hmm. you know, w when you and I met back in the day, like we were both in that kind of greater realm of kind of, you know, just say web design, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of got to know you as a kind of your web designer. The first little kind of question that I wanted to kind of throw you here is, I had a fascinating conversation with, I believe, a mutual friend, but at least a mutual acquaintance, right? Uh, Andrew Wilkinson. And he, when he speaks about design and he specifically said that he does not believe that design can be taught. Like he thinks like the, the way to think as a designer is actually something that you're born with, right? Mm -hmm. So I would love kind of your take as you know someone that was kind of your classically, not classically perhaps, but at least kind of your studied design, like just what is your take on that? And you don't have to disagree with Andrew. Mm -hmm. um, this is not Patty versus Andrew. I would love <laughs> to kind of hear, hear your take on it. I think there's definitely, there has to be kind of something in you. To, the passion definitely has to be in you for pursuing a career in design and, you know, you can definitely study how to be a designer and study design and learn the rules. But I think that's only a certain percentage of the job. Like you definitely have to have that passion to be always looking for inspiration or to be, you know, pushing yourself to do more creative things or, or you know, experimenting with your style or trying out different different ways of working or going to events or going to conferences, which was, you know, a big thing maybe 10 years ago, maybe kind of all the people who would have gone to conferences and would have really wanted to connect with everybody else and had that passion for design. I think you can see that they produce definitely the more interesting work. So there has to be something in there. I, I, there's a certain percentage of, you know, I think for me, I studied multimedia design, so it was pretty much web design and a lot of those design principles that I learned, which were focused more on, on web design. A lot of the design principles have applied to every design career I've, I've jumped into. So, you know, you can definitely learn this stuff, like learn the rules of design. But for me, it's, you know, my passion for creating or being creative and wanting to create things. And, and that's what's spurred me on to chase different projects and, and try out different roles and everything. So there's definitely this is a case of it's some gray area. I mean, it's not all I think there definitely has to be some passion there for sure for being creative. And I'm wondering, and as I listen to you there, that passion, you speak about that passion to be creative, the passion to create or to creatively create, right? Like, I wonder for you, at least, like, when was that kind of your first moment that you realized that this is this thing, like where maybe you didn't use the same words, right? But where you felt that urge that, hey, I, I needed this kind of, you know, creative outlet and I wanted to create something. Kind of maybe like, when was that first moment and what was the first thing that you created? Mm -hmm. Do you remember? I definitely, as a kid, loved to draw and, and loved to um, create stories. I don't think at the time I really viewed them as real stories or anything, but I loved, you know, making making my own, you know, little comic books or, or drawing different characters. And, you know, for me back then, it was fun. And then as you grow older, you that creativity kind of disappears for a while and or for most people it does. And, and you, you know, get on with real life for a while and then I sort of fell into web design like I think I kind of applied for my course at university not really knowing what exactly what it was and it was also at a time it was you know I started my course in web design in 2003 I believe so that was in the sort of period of where, where you know people were really trying to figure out what web design was and the whole idea of designing for the user and all of those sorts of things were so that was an interesting time to be in web design 
getting into web design in that phase and seeing that there was there were a lot more opportunities to create interesting websites and you know with the technology advancing you were able to create really there was a definitely a period where every day there were more and more interesting web designs uh, websites like back then each website was a was a whole experience on its own and and people were doing really creative things so i i guess in that time there were moments where i yeah my eyes were open to the possibilities of kind of what you could make in in web design and i think it must have awoken some creativity again in me and at some point um i really i mean i always had a love for illustration and i love you know looking at illustration and working as a digital designer i started to get into illustration and really appreciate it and i really loved whenever people would use illustration in web design so that's something that's been become really common in the tech world like in the last few years incorporating illustration into the web design so over the years I, I really wanted to get into more and more illustration so that whatever that was you know as a child and you can create these stories and you're just doodling and, and creating characters and um you know playing really yeah that definitely came back once i started to draw with a, a wacom tablet and i could see you know the possibilities the, of the things you could make and i worked for a number of years as a ux designer which is which is very different and you're focused on what the user is thinking during a sign up process and and you know how to reduce the number of clicks and and all of that that sort of stuff um which is is quite different and is really fascinating and uh, to connect with people and, and to design something that solves a problem for them but there was this other side the illustration side where i got to be a lot more yeah creative and you got to paint a lot more i guess you could you could call it you just got to you know start with a blank page and just start just start painting something and start creating something and in the first few years so so i went freelance in 2012 to pursue a lot more illustration work and i did some editorial illustration and i did a lot of illustrating for tech websites because i had connections in the tech world from doing web design and there was a kind of emergence of illustration and web design so i got to kind of mix those two worlds and yeah it was it was a lot of fun and then i did i made a number of kids apps for the for the iphone and ipad with a friend of mine who, who's a developer and we we just you know put them on the app store and released one or two every year and and that was a nice little side project that took off and i really loved the creative freedom there and designing stuff for kids and uh i actually went on a, a holiday went on a trip in 2017 and it took a break from work and decided or I had a lot of time to reflect and decide, do I really want to stay in web design, tech design, or do I want to pursue illustration a lot more? And I also really love designing for the kids apps and everything, but you know, a love that I had as a child was for, for picture books. And, and so the idea of illustrating for picture books was something I definitely wanted to, wanted to pursue. And when I came back from this, uh, so I think we were away for uh, about six months. We traveled New Zealand, Australia, and we came back and I decided, okay, I'm going to try and pursue something in picture book illustration or, or you know, illustration in publishing. And, and I wanted to, yeah, there's a, also working as a digital designer for so many years. So many of the things I've made 
have now disappeared or they're only, you know, on my laptop, like they were on the internet for a brief period of time and then they disappeared. So, but the idea of having a book and a book that, you know, children could have in a special moment in their life, in their childhood, and, and they would, you know, remember that book 20, 30 years in the future. That was really appealing and I wanted to go into that. So that's kind of what I pursued kind of at the end of 2017 when I came back from my trip. Yeah, I started looking into ways of breaking into that. So I think your original question was kind of about the the kind of those eye-opening moments or kind of when you could be creative, when you know you could be creative. I've had a lot of those little moments along the way. I also, one thing, a lecturer of mine, Chris Murphy, who uh, I'm sure you've met back in the days of all the web conferences and everything, he always used to teach us that for whatever project uh, you're working on or whatever opportunities come up, just say yes and shit your pants later. So like, just, you know, say yes to whatever the project is and just figure out how to do it later. So projects will come along and there's always new opportunities where, you know, you've never done something before or you don't know how to build something if the client asks you for it. But you can definitely always figure it out. Like that. that's something I've learned over my career is, you know, each opportunity that's come up, there's been plenty where, I didn't know how to do something and then, you know, you just agree to it and then, you know, figure it out later and everything, you know, nothing's impossible. Everything, you know, you can find a solution for it. So that's also something I've had multiple moments along the way where I've had projects or things I wanted to do. And yeah, you just kind of figure it out. And the longer you work as a designer, the easier it is to just, you know, convince yourself to just go for things. So yeah, I've had lots of those moments where I kind of, uh, yeah, just agreed to <laughs> to do things and then um, we're working out well so far. I'm really, really enjoying where I'm at uh, at the moment creatively. Yeah. And it sounds like, uh, Patty, there, like, well, I think first takeaway there is, right, like, oftentimes, you know, I think for some people, they go through these big epiphanies, right, where they kind of have this big realization and they kind of, you know, make an almost kind of 90 or 180 degree turn or change in their life. What you're saying, firstly, there is that for you, at least, like it was kind of, you know, multiple kind of smaller things, almost incrementally that kind of, you know, change direction. So, mm -hmm. like, that's the one thing that I heard you say. The other part that I definitely heard you say is you take on these things and sometimes you figure it out and sometimes you shit your pants along the way. So um, it's kind of good to acknowledge that. Your first question, just listening to your journey and that kind of, you know, the, the path you took there, Patty, was it sounds like there is somewhat of a kind of a detour that you took there. Kind of you describe that kind of the start as a kid, doodling, drawing, creating these stories and then going on, and these are my words and I would love to hear your perspective, but going on this professional kind of detour, you know, as a digital slash web, like whatever you want to term a designer, and then eventually getting back into kind of illustration. Like, I definitely have a hypothesis here, right? But like, why do you think that detour kind of exists? Why did it happen for you at least? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at the time, you don't know it's a detour you're going on. Like, uh, whenever I left secondary school, I, I wanted to do something creative, I guess. And I was always interested in design but i didn't have any clue about what web design was or or what was involved in it or what other types of design i mean i just i picked a course at university and it turned out to be multimedia design and it was basically web design but even that even that course which was four years evolved a lot because you know things in the tech world uh, it evolved so quickly that the stuff we were learning in first year 
by the fourth year, there wasn't so relevant anymore. So, you know, even the course itself changed a lot in a short period of time. But at that time, I didn't know, okay, I'm going to go be a web designer. That's not something I had figured out. So I, I went on the course and, and fell into web design. And then afterwards, I did a master's and I looked at design on the internet and viral marketing and that sort of thing for a while. And and then I moved to Belgium after that and started working as a UX designer. And for three years, worked on websites and web apps and desktop apps and mobile apps and games and we did some print design and advertising and lot, I got my experience with lots of different types of client and lots of different parts of the creative process and that was really enjoyable and, and I was just open to you know all the different projects but after a few years working there I definitely had that urge to want to just do the projects I, I wanted to work on while there were lots of fun projects there were also projects which were you know the things you weren't really passionate about so the idea of going freelance and being able to choose the projects a bit more was appealing. And then I eventually, you know, made that jump and went freelance. I also at that time then was interested in mobile apps. I was interested in seeing if I could do more illustration. And I was interested in also building my own apps and putting them out there. Um, so together with a friend of mine, he did the development. I did the design and illustration and originally we made our first app, an app called We Rockets for his kids who liked rockets and space and everything. And he wanted to, you know, see if he could build. I mean, this was 2011, maybe. So like, I think the iPad maybe was quite a new thing. And so we created a bunch of rockets and uh, the illustrations for rockets. And he put together an, an app where they could build little rockets and, and fly them in space. And, you know, asteroids exploded and things. So it was fun to just experiment with um, with this new technology out there. And we put it on the app store and it, it got some attention and, and it was nice to kind of have a little side project that, you know, you could see, okay, there's an audience here for for this sort of thing. And you heard from parents how much their kids loved the game and everything. So we, I think we maybe did 10 apps in total over a number of years, all different types of kids apps. So, I mean, I was doing that and then I was also doing illustration work, mainly for kind of online illustration and at the same time, I was also doing UX design work as well. And I also started maybe maybe a couple of years after I started being a mentor on, a, on an online course for designers. So I was doing that too. So the, I was just trying out a bunch of different things. So, I mean, it just kept evolving and I went from web design to more to app design and then kind of specifically app uh, mobile apps. And then really specifically mobile apps for kids and, and worked on that for a while. And we got some projects kind of because of the apps we created, we became known as people who make kids apps. So we got hired to do to make a couple of kids apps for clients. And um, yeah, so I was doing that. And then that kind of brought me into the world of designing for kids or illustrating for kids and kind of seeing it was very interactive whenever you were able to you know, hand over your iPad or iPhone with one of your, the games we were working on, hand it over to a kid and have them try it out. And you can hear firsthand what they think of it and, and what they find interesting. And like with user testing, you never know what to expect. And the way they, they would pick up on little things I'd put in the illustrations, or they would really not be, uh, you know, excited about the latest one we were building. And they would just, you know, go to the home screen and pick another game, you know, like that, that was all quite fascinating to 
design something for kids, which were completely different users than what I'd been designing for before. And yeah, that then opened me up to that world. And then, yeah, we went on a trip and then I, so I stopped working for maybe six months and really considered what I wanted to do. Um, and I wanted to do more of that stuff, but it was getting harder to get some exposure in the app store um, by that stage. So there was a ton of competitors in kids apps and everything. So it was, it was a lot different than back in 2011. So I wanted to get into maybe try, you know, publishing, getting into that world. And um, so, I mean, that's where I'm at now, but, and I'm really loving it, but I'm not probably, this is um, the kind of working in, in picture books is where I'm most, so far I'm, I'm most satisfied with the, the things that I'm creating. But I mean, that, that might not be for uh, forever and, and um, I might try out something else. So I've, I mean, I've gone off through a bunch of different roles, but always in, in design. But I mean, you could look at it as a, as a detour, like going into uh, app design and everything. But for me, it's just been a really logical process of just, you know, trying a different thing out for a year or two and seeing what I think of it. And then something else comes along and new technology came along in the iPad and everything. And that opened up some avenues. So I've just been open to new opportunities, I think, along the way and, and just jumping on to the next creative uh, opportunity there. But I'm really satisfied with the the things that, uh, that I'm creating now, like getting to illustrate a, a children's picture book and then getting to see them read it or, or hearing that they really love the illustrations you made. And and now most recently, I've also had my first author illustrated picture book. So the first story I've actually written and illustrated that's just been published in China and hopefully soon also in English. So that's also a pretty magical next step, I guess, in this. So I've been illustrating other people's stories for uh, a couple of years, which I really love doing, like receiving another story from from someone else who I view as, you know, way more talented at, at writing than uh, than me. But now getting to also craft the actual story as well as the illustration is also, that's a pretty magical experience. But it's just the next step for me. So yeah, not so much of a detour, but just kind of, you just kind of keep growing and trying out new things and moving on. Yeah. So, and I mean, like your two things there, right? So, so for listeners, firstly, like that, um, that can't see you on camera, just listening to this. When I saw your face describing, like the first time you described being able to illustrate a story for, you know, a kid putting in their hands and seeing their reaction, like your facial expression changed, right? Like, like some people would say like your, your face lit up, like there was something there. I could notice there was a different kind of energy there, but I also kind of hear you, you know, as you kind of describe this, not necessarily being a detour, like what I also heard was that, and correct me if, like if I'm not using the words that you would use for this, but there's some sense of diversity, like a kind of a pursuit of trying different things. You know, towards the end there, you described kind of being open to kind of new things, whether there's new technology, new opportunities as well. But definitely what it sounds like is part of you kind of absolutely loves this thing you're doing, mm -hmm. but you also acknowledge that you also want to do different things in future. And you're not necessarily clear about what those things are and you're not fussed about that either, but you mm -hmm. know you'll probably do other things in the future as well. Like, does that resonate? Like, is that how you verbalize that? Yeah, I mean, I see the illustrating that I'm doing now as some of the most satisfying work I'm doing. So I'm, I feel that I'm going to stick with this in this world a bit longer for sure. And maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll continue for another 50 years illustrating picture books or maybe I'll, I'll try something else. 
But I, I definitely feel more satisfaction now than with doing web design, for example. And after a while in doing web design and then app design and mobile apps, I definitely felt at a certain period I would like to work doing something else or I was doing the same thing over and over again, like web design maybe 10, 12 years ago was was a very different profession and each website was this magical new experience and people were doing really creative things and every website looked completely different. And then, you know, as the, the industry evolves and, and designers involved and the, everything moved on and there was a definite kind of template for what a website should be. And we went through a period of pretty much all websites had this standard uh, look to them and there was a certain formula that pretty much every website followed. And that's, you know, that's just evolution of web design. But I, I definitely wasn't enjoying the kind of every project was, you know, pretty much, okay, we start at the same point as last time and we're doing, you know, there wasn't much creativity in it and, you know, buttons looked like this and, and the website had this certain template and it was tough to kind of, it was also tough to maybe convince the clients to do something more creative and, and out there because they knew that, okay, everybody else's website looks like this and it, you know, that's what websites look like. So we have to do the same thing. So I definitely got the feeling after a year or two um, that it wasn't really creatively fulfilling. Now, in recent years, there and all throughout, I mean, there are people doing really creative things with web design for sure. But I now doing illustration and particularly illustrating picture books, each picture book is completely different. Like it's the story is completely different and you get to work in a different style maybe. But, you know, every picture you can't just make, there's not really a formula for making picture books like they don't follow all the same. There are certain rules and, you know, the certain, you know, same number of pages and you have to think about the user uh, like someone reading it you know a child reading it so you have to think about you know okay you put the surprising thing on when they turn the page you know you don't put it on the the right hand page so there are certain tricks and rules to follow but as for what the illustration looks like and you know that the sky's the limit um so each project is really creatively fulfilling so i'm really enjoying what i'm doing right now for sure yeah who knows how long i'll work in this but i, I don't have the feeling that i'm just kind of doing the same thing every day and it's not as creatively fulfilling and that's what I had in other jobs. Gotcha. And I wonder like, you know, whether you agree with this, Patty, is like when I think about kind of as you described, like obviously with kind of with books, there are, is formula, there's new tips and tricks, but it's much more broad because you're telling a story, right? Which means, you know, more imagination, more fantasy, more fiction, all those things. Whereas if we compare it with anything kind of, you know, online at this stage, there is probably more of a formula, you know, even if it's just purely based on the fact that, you know, people, users of, you know, interfaces, they're used to certain UI, UX conventions, mm -hmm. right? So, like, if we know that they expect a button over there that's going to be yay big, then it's probably better to do that because that's less friction, right? There's not mm -hmm. a lot of kind of creative freedom kind of in that. I wonder, though, if you compare those two things, if we can simplify those things down to saying that, you know, online has become this thing where we prioritize monetary value over the creative, whereas stories are different, right? They're more subjective, they're more art mm -hmm. than money. Like, maybe that's the question here. Do you think we can put money and art against each other as almost kind of direct opposites? Yeah. Whenever I'm working as a UX designer, you have this 
pursuit of making the user's life so much easier to reach whatever their goal is. So yeah, you're you're thinking about the number of clicks or number of pages they have to go through and you're also involving the design and the brand and the emotional design and everything is in there. But there's always a people are used to certain design patterns and you know that. So my navigation is going to be the same as, as on every other website. So people, you know, they don't have to relearn any, anything and they can just start using it and get closer to their goal. And yeah, you know, the client can sell whatever their product is. So that's definitely a huge element at play there. Whereas working on picture books, I mean, the goal is for the child to go on a journey for you know to just escape and dive into a certain world uh, that you can create and follow a story and and experience what the characters are going through and that's a completely different yeah experience that you're designing there and it's a completely different moment it's more uh you know it's something maybe before the child is going to bed uh, at night and and it's an opportunity for the parent and the child to bond or you know discuss something that's going on in their lives or, or discuss how their day went and, and or to just, you know, open the child's imagination and everything. So, I mean, that's the goal there. So there are a million different ways of doing that. And that's through your scary illustrations or your really colorful illustrations, or it's a really, you know, simple book where, you know, the, the child has to kind of imagine what's going on or they're kind of endless ways of achieving that goal. But it's the book has already been bought by the parents. So it's not that you're trying to really sell something after that. Whereas if you're designing a website and everything, you're trying to sell something else. So there's definitely a different goal there. I mean, the goal then is for the child to go on a journey by reading the book. So it's much more fun to work at that stage, I guess, um, whenever they've already bought the product. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like what, what resonates there, Patty, at least is um, about two years ago, I went through a tough time in, in my business and like for whatever reason I found modern contemporary poetry and for the first time as an adult since like school I probably got into poetry and I was amazed at how there seemed to be no rules like mm -hmm. within this kind of you know modern poetry like no rhythm no rhyme no meter whatnot so like all of those things that we get towards kids and I figured that I can write some poetry like I like writing words and whatnot and I like I, I'm obviously no great poet but I absolutely love that freedom. And mm -hmm. like for me, at least, like, you know, even as an entrepreneur, I got into business because I also had this idea that I can create my own destiny, make my own rules. But it works within a greater kind of, you know, capitalistic system and it ultimately still has rules, right? Like I don't mm -hmm. have extreme freedom. And I just love that kind of notion where I can create something that like where money was just not even part of the equation. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't even not just not the goal. It wasn't even part of the equation. And like at least like listening to you describe being able to create something that takes a kid and, you know, maybe their parents on a journey and create an experience for them. That's where kind of my mind went there. I would love to get into um, figuring out a little bit about kind of how Patty kind of you know, shows up in the work you do at this mm -hmm. stage as an illustrator, right? So I guess kind of my first question there is like, how do you think about your style? How do you define your style? Like, how do you label that? How do you evolve that? Do you stick with that? Like, just tell me mm -hmm. about your style. Yeah, my style. That's something really interesting. And I think a lot of illustrators, especially children's illustrators, think about is should you have a style like should you have your one style that, that you're known for and people hire you for that style and you know every book that you make fits in a sort of family having worked for so many years for web design clients and app design every project you work on at least you know 10 years ago 
was vastly different. Like each client that came along, they might have a really corporate style and you had to work in that style. And then you, you know, I'm working on a kid's game. So that's, you know, completely colorful and much more creative and, and open uh, kind of style. And then you're working on a really, you know, a luxury brand or something. So that's completely different. So I had no problem jumping around and whatever style project asked for. And then I sort of brought that into when I started working as an illustrator. And for me, I really love experimenting with tons of different styles. Lots of people say to me, like, they can recognize my work and, and, oh, yeah, that's such a typical style for you. But I have so many different things I've done, which I think they look completely different. And it's also really, it evolves a lot, what I enjoy doing. I love experimenting, just, you know, trying out different brushes in Photoshop and trying out different things and and ways of illustrating all of the time. So I really love working in different styles. So I would view as a strength, but I understand that for maybe a publisher or someone wanting to hire you, it's quite difficult then because, you know, they see a ton of different things going on in your portfolio, whereas it's much easier if they find someone who has a really clean vector style of illustration there, then they see, okay, that's what I want that's maybe a lot easier for them to pick someone. However, I think it's how you present it on your portfolio. Like you have to think about, okay, if I work in two very different styles, just have them separate, like don't have just a a mess of projects that are all jumbled together, but have it really clear that, okay, I work in this style, but I also work in this completely different style over here. So that's what I'm trying to do a little bit on my portfolio, but it's also a jumble of different things in there because I like experimenting with different uh, techniques and everything. But yeah, there are certain techniques I really I really like using a lot of texture and uh, more a painterly style of illustration for sure. And that's where I'm at at the moment. But it's also a really different world. The publishing world works at a, a much slower pace than the tech world. So in the in the tech world, when you're designing something, I mean, you're launching it on Friday, you know? So, I mean, the time between you working on an illustration and then it appearing in the picture book, that's, that's maybe a year or two after you've made it. So the picture books that I have coming out now, I did the illustrations for it maybe in 2018, 2019. So it's a, a long time you have to wait because, you know, books come out at certain times of the year. So it's publishers have it all planned, books to publish in the next, you know, two, three, four, five years. And everything, you know, you know, some books come out just before Christmas. Others will sell better in the summer and everything's planned. They have to, the publisher will buy the story rights from an author. And then they will go looking for an illustrator. And then, you know, you'll book in whenever that is, whenever you're going to work on it and you'll create the illustrations, which could take a period of months. And then you deliver that to the publisher and then they have a plan for when it appears and it has to, they have to be printed into books and and they have to be, I guess the publisher, you know, has to sell it to bookshops and all of that process has to happen. So it's a really long process. And for the author, it's even longer, you know, they might write a story and then they try pitching it to publishers and you know it might be a long time before it gets bought and then there's a period of a year or two once the illustrator gets involved so kind of thinking about my style and my work it changes so quickly anyway but I mean the things if I look back on the books that are appearing now if I look back at that was me as an illustrator in 2019 or 2018 so it's much different than what I'm creating and what I'm working on right now so that changes really quickly and that working that's something that's taken a bit of getting used to the 
longer timelines that that are completely different from working in the tech world and so yeah my style or kind of just the things I like the illustration methods and and yeah I suppose the style that I like working in right now it's quite different from a year or two ago or from a month or two ago so that's also something you have to to get used to like viewing your work from a longer period of time ago and you you know as a designer or illustrator you evolve and as a designer I remember always thinking you know when I look back on projects from the previous year you always wish you could go back and change things or do things better or you you know that's just how you evolve as a creator I guess totally so taking a, a little bit of a kind of you know, a sidestep here Patty like I wonder as you describe that evolution and also thinking from kind of you know your days exclusively in tech where things happen very quickly to kind of your publishing where things are have these kind of slower cycles you have a new kitty about a year old at this stage and I wonder kind of, you know, like how has that changed the way you think about your work kind of at the moment and just kind of how you envisage that kind of your work going forward? And if it's not kind of changed by all means, but has it had kind of any kind of influence on the way you think about your work? Definitely having a son of my own now, I'm thinking about being able to have books that I've written and illustrated or just illustrated, being able to read them to him uh, in a few years. That's a pretty magical feeling. And that's something, you know, working as a digital designer where things don't hang around that long and kind of disappear on the internet. So, you know, I've now got a bookshelf that's got my books in them and being able to in a, in a few years, I can read them to him and he can, I can see what, what he thinks of the illustrations and the stories and what his imagination comes up with and what he reads into the story that's going to be pretty insane so that's definitely changed something in my work I'm also I have that in the back of my mind like the things I'm working on now I'll be able to to share with them and there's something kind of a lot more permanent about real physical books than digital work so those books will hopefully always be there on the bookshelves and he can also look at them whenever he's older and and he think about the time whenever you know he read those books as a child because you know I remember books that I read as a child and only you know in the last year or two I've gotten back into or gotten into the picture book world and I'm just buying picture books all of the time you know for just for myself like I, I just love kind of diving into the illustrations and seeing how other people work and and getting inspiration but I'm also trying to find books that I remember reading as a kid and not even you know remembering the name of what the book was or just kind of remembering a certain illustration or something and then I'm on the internet trying to find find out what that book was and so I found a few books recently that I remember reading as a child or reading in school and I found them on eBay and and bought them and it definitely once you open them and I look at the illustrations there's some that I can immediately remember absolutely everything on the page and and I know what's coming in the story and everything and I haven't seen these books in 30 years or whatever it is so it's amazing how it sticks with you and the picture books and just stories in general so for me that's pretty magical now that I'll be able to share my work with him and my bookshelves are just packed with picture books now so hopefully he'll be uh he'll be also really into them and be able to just come in and and lift a different book every day so um yeah so that's kind of something i'm always thinking about now kind of in my work and maybe makes it more more enjoyable more more satisfying 
Yeah, totally. That, that, that really resonates, Patty, because my book, Life Profitability, which kind of is, well, is where this uh, the idea for the podcast came from, very much in that realm as well, where I know kind of having sold my business last year, it's already been rebranded. And by the time my kids want to have that kind of retrospective look, if they ever cared as much to kind of learn about what their dad did kind of when mm-hmm. they were young, mm-hmm. that probably does not exist anymore. Whereas producing a physical book, leaving that book there probably is is much more long lasting and gets into that kind of realm of legacy. Before we wrap up, maybe it is a hard question. I think it's a kind of a softball, but I would love to kind of, I just um, preparing for this, I, I found this single line and I think it might make for a good ending here. You often reference just single line saying, I wish Pluto was still a planet. Oh, like, yeah. Where does that come from and why did it show up like multiple times in kind of various spaces <laughs> when I prepped for this call? Yeah, that's just something definitely that must go back to my childhood as well. I, I always loved space and, you know, the idea of other planets. And I loved space movies when I became older, watching Alien and, and uh, recently like movies like Interstellar and everything. You know, there's definitely something about those sorts of movies and the space in general that really appeals to me. And I recently this year got to work on a space themed picture book about a little robot called Meep that goes to Mars and looks for alien life. So that was a ton of fun and definitely tapped into some love for space um, that I have from way back. And the idea of, I wish Pluto was still a planet. That's just something that when they kind of declassified Pluto as a planet uh, a few years ago, that just seems so sad. Uh, They just kind of kicked Pluto out of the planet club and... uh, yeah, that's just something I guess I must have put on a tweet or on my bio or something uh, many years ago. And that's just something that that's always kind of stuck around. And if I'm thinking of something to just kind of just a little line to put on something or if you kind of just something that, you know, in a bio or something where it's something that, that people might take a second look at or just kind of. I don't know, kind of just uh, taps into something like people say, oh, that is kind of sad that that Pluto got kind of booted out. But it doesn't really (laughs) have any particular relevance. It's just something that that I find, yeah, just that Pluto needs someone to stick up for them a little bit or just kind of remember that that Pluto's out there and very cold, I imagine, where uh, Pluto is. And so it's nice to just, you know, kind of keep a little uh, fun reference every so often. But yeah, hopefully I'll get to work on a picture book someday um, involving Pluto. So maybe I'll I'll have to write something uh, about Pluto. That would be kind of fun. Maybe that is uh, the title of the book, right? It says, uh, I wish Pluto was still a planet. Maybe, yeah. Awesome, Patty. This was an awesome conversation. If um, any of the listeners wanted to kind of find you, follow your work, and for anyone listening, like I think, Patty, by the way, that's something that I have often seen in the last couple of years is just like where you show your work and you show the process, which is absolutely awesome on your social media channels. But if anyone wanted to kind of you know, follow along as you illustrate kind of more books here, where is the best place they should find you? I'm at Patty Donnelly on Twitter, and I'm just at Patty on on Instagram. And yeah, I guess on Instagram, I'm kind of sharing the most about my picture book work. And it's fun to just also in Instagram stories to share like little sketches every so often about just, you know, fun things I'm doodling with. But yeah, recently I got to do some live Instagram events talking about illustration and and talking about picture books and everything. So yeah, I think Instagram is probably the best place if you're wanting to see, uh, to follow along with the kind of picture book that I'm working on. And yeah, my website is left, L-E-F-F-T.com, where you can see, you know, my portfolio and uh, different things I've been working on.
awesome stuff. We'll get all of that linked up for anyone that is keen to follow along. Patty, thank you so much again for being here today. Ah, thanks so much for having me. It was lots of fun to chat. Awesome. Cheers, Patty. Thanks. That's it for me for today's episode. If anything in today's conversation really resonated with you, please do send me an email on ad at lifeprofitability.com. That's A-D-I-I at lifeprofitability.com. You can also leave a review on iTunes, which helps me to improve the show and perhaps also helps me to reach someone else that needs to hear this or might find this helpful. I'll be back here with another great guest next week. Cheers. Cheers.